0: welcome to kuhau podcast we thank you for tuning in if this is your first time listening in with us we want you to know that you are a part of a new loving family wherever you're joining us from we hope that this message encourages you and transforms your life now stay tuned for today's message proverbs chapter 29 verse 18 and it says if people can't see what god is doing they'll stumble all over themselves but when they attend to what he reveals they are most blessed in other words that the reason that we stumble in life sometimes it's not because we're just making poor decisions or it's its not because we, we just don't know better oftentimes it's just simply because we can't see God's plan for our lives but look what it says it says but everybody shout but it says but when they attend when when they actually care to when they attend when they put focus on what god is showing them what the plan of god for their life what what god's mission for your life is look what it says they are most blessed i don't know about you but i want to walk in the most blessed life especially not just for 2019 but also for 2020 anybody agree with that and uh we really believe in the Bible. If you go through the scriptures, you, you will see this pattern of God where he takes his people, he takes individual essentially in this four-step process and it's to know God. It's to know him and that word know is to know him intimately, but it's not just to know him, but it's to find freedom. It is to discover our purpose, but we can't discover our purpose until we first put away our yesterday. Put away the things that have us bound. Put our past behind us and step into the newness of what God has. Discover our purpose. And ultimately, every single person has this void and emptiness. And it's to make a difference. It's to have significance. Amen. And so today we're going to be talking about, everybody shout, make a difference. Everybody, come on. I need, I need somebody to help me preach today. I know that you guys know that this is a hollaback church. Do we got any hollaback folk in the house today? I tell you right now, preachers love hearing three things from here. You got if you if you're from Kuhau, you know home. You know preachers love hearing three things. The first one is amen. Someone shout. Amen. What's the second one? Anybody know the second one? Is go ahead preacher. Someone shout. Go ahead preacher. And if the message is really good and it's hitting you right here like that spice right there, you say, take your time, take your time, preacher. You can go bilingual. Dale papi, Dale papi, Dale. Uh, so help me preach this message, and it's make a difference. And and uh, I'm excited because I'm sharing with you my favorite scripture of all the Bible, of the entire 66 books. If I were to get a tattoo, I don't have any tattoos, but if I were, I would get a sleeve of this verse. Once these biceps stop stop being loose... I'm going to get that tattoo. Acts chapter 20, verse 24. Acts chapter, this is my favorite verse in all of the Bible. Acts 20, 24. Don't you dare get that tattoo before me. Let me get it first. 2020 six-packs abs is coming. However, I love this verse. However, I consider my life worth nothing to me. This is the Apostle Paul saying these words. These words are captured by Dr. Luke who is his accompany uh, uh, essentially his roadie his, his partner, his doctor, his physician and he's writing, he's, Paul is speaking and he's kind of like he's, he's writing what Paul said I consider my life worth nothing to me. My only aim is to finish the race and to complete the task the Lord Jesus has given me. The task of testifying to the good news of God's grace. I wanna give it to you in the New Living Translation and it says it this way, it says, my life is worth nothing to me unless I use it. So powerful. My life is worth nothing to me unless I use it for the work assigned me by the Lord Jesus. In other words, I only want to complete my mission. The work of telling others the good news about the wonderful grace of God. I want to give you, if you're taking notes today, I want you to give you, I want I want you to write this, this note down. And it's step four, make a difference. But if I can give you a subtitle, it's this, finishing well. Look at the person next to you, tell them finishing well. Tell them finishing well. Uh, help me pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord, that you have uh, given this message so that we can hear today God we can hear this Lord open up our, our eyes to see and our ears to hear what your Holy Spirit wants to reveal in this hour God thank you that you give me the opportunity to pastor the most amazing church on the planet to be the father to some amazing kids and to be married to the hottest woman on the planet in Jesus name we pray and everyone says amen and amen can someone give God some praise in this room Some of the men said, Pastor Ro, you know we can't say amen to that, right? And I was like, I didn't think that through. You're right, you're right. Um, uh, How many of you guys know that it is easy to, to start something, but it's a lot more difficult to finish something? No, all of you guys are just finishers. Just Amazing. Just, you're going to leave me by myself. At least moral support, good effort, Pastor Road. I'm with you. How many of you know that it is a lot more difficult to finish something than it is to, to, to start something? Like, like I, I think about New Year's every year. Every single one of us, January 1st is the most positive day on the planet. Why? Because every single one of us is going to what? We're going to start something. We got a New Year's resolution. We got a plan. We're going to start a business. We're going to enter a rela- We're going to start fast and start well. We're going to get on a diet. But then January ter- tw- 23rd is the saddest day on the planet. Why? Because around January 23rd, everything that we started on January 1st, Has left, has been left unfinished. Anybody know what I'm talking about? (laughs) Like, I got to be honest, I'm a great starter. I I love, let me tell you, every single year, I've been on a diet for 15 years. (laughs) And I've been on a diet for 15 years, and every single year is my year. That's the year that I'm going to hit my weight target. I'm going, man, I am ready I got my asparagus, I got my avocados, I got my protein shakes. Uh, let me tell you, I got my, my low-carb wraps. I'm ready. I'm ready to do this. I, I'm ready to, oh, man, I'm such a good starter. For, like, the first week. And then, on, and then are you like me, like, you, you want to see results on day three? On day three, I'm like, baby, look, you see my, my I think my abs are coming out. She's like, huh. I I don't think those are abs. <laughs> and I was like, you know what? You got to call things that are not as though they were. Stop being in the flesh. But listen. <laughs> like I'm ready, to, I'm ready to go in and I, I'm, I'm ready to start. Day seven comes in. You're so fully charged. You've been on seven days of just working out, eating right, eating just greens every single day. You've been rocking it. Day seven comes. What happens? Everybody knows. What, what do you do? You give yourself a reward. And so on day... Day seven, you eat a little bit of cake, a little, a little bit of tiramisu, all right? You get yourself a little bit of dessert, a little bit of tiramisu. You eat it. Why? Because you deserve it. And on day 14, what happens? Oh, it's no longer a little termasu. You got a cheat meal. What happens? Oh, the salad now has more calories than you eating a burger, because you've stuffed that salad with so much dressing and so, like, I've made, like, you know you fat when you eat a salad and make it more fattening than, I'm looking at my salad, I'm like, this is not right. <laughs> Something wrong with that picture, right? Like, I know these rolls are in plain. Um, and, 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 and a cheat meal goes into, now it's no longer a cheat meal, by week three, you got a cheat day. Oh, no, 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 this is my cheat day. You know, Friday—it's my cheat day. You know what I mean. This is why me and my French toast and my uh, my syrup—I I'm, mean, I'm, I'm hooking it up. And and then by week five, what happens is you got a cheat week and you got a cheat month. And and by the time you're in week six, what 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 is it? You're you're no longer cheating. It's just a lifestyle. But everybody knows that good old Monday is coming around the corner. Anybody praise God for Mondays, because. Every week, every day of the week, we're starting on a diet on a Monday. It's so, so, so easy to be a good starter, but so difficult to be a strong finisher. And I think that when it comes to our lives, many times, if we were honest with ourselves, can can we be honest? How many of us have started a relationship? It's so easy to start well, but it's so much harder to finish well. Uh, another speaker said it this way, hey, anybody could start well, but so many of us fail to finish. He's like so many of us start fast, but so many of us fail to to finish, and so many of us are not completing. And, I, and And this is why I like what the apostle Paul says, because he says this. He says, "My only aim is to finish the race and complete the task the Lord Jesus has given me." He says, "I don't want to just get started. I don't want to just I don't want to just start my journey and 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 halfway through realize that I don't want to do this no no more. I don't want to just start my journey and at the end of my journey hand in my assignment." incomplete. I, if he was here with us today, he would say it in a modern day term. He would, have say, he would say it this way. He says, listen, I'm part of this journey series, and I, I don't want to just know God to know him, and I can simply say that I know God, but not, not, be, not trust him enough to get into the depths of my heart so that I can find freedom. He would say, he would say that I don't want to just find freedom and, and, and allow God to pull me out of stuff, but never walk into the thing that God wants to pull me into. He would also say, I don't want to just know God and and find freedom, and he pulls me out of this stuff and then walk into discovering my purpose. I don't want to just discover my purpose. I want my purpose to make a difference in someone else's life. And so that's why he says, he says, my only aim is to complete the mission that God has assigned me. He, he, I don't know about you, but I want to be the kind of person and the kind of church and the kind of community that when we uh, are in the pearly gates and when we're before our loving Father, we can say, hey, here's our assignment, and it's not complete, but it is finished. But I don't, don't want to just start well. I want to finish well. And I love what Paul says. He says, Elsewhere in 1 Corinthians, he'll say this. He says, listen, man, I got purpose in every step. Every step that I take, he says, I don't walk aimlessly. Every step that I take. So I'm going to know God today. And maybe that's your journey. That's the part of your, that's the part in this journey where where you are, you're, you're, you're taking the step, but every step is with purpose. Every step is with purpose. Every step that I take is getting me closer to where God wants me to be. I want to finish well as a husband. I want to finish well as a father. I want to finish well as a pastor. I want to finish well as a businessman. I want to finish well in every area that God has assigned to my life. Does anybody want to finish well in this place? I want to finish well, and so I have these making a difference moments because uh, I think that as as our church started about we've been here for two years in this location, and I, I want to share with you these making a difference moments, and I need you guys to get excited with me because 2019 has been our best year yet, and 20 the best is yet to come, and so and so. Uh 2019, making a different moment, we started with a couple of events. Let me share these events with you. The events are our annual couples dinner. We had 16 couples for our annual couples dinner. Come on, we could praise God for that. We need to invest in our couples. For Easter Sunday, we had 152 in attendance. Being here for two years, that is our highest attendance yet. Friends and family, we had 140 families or 140 people in attendance. Why do we count people? Because people count to us. Why do we we give numbers? Because every number represents a life that experienced God's love in some way. And so for our friends and family, we had 150 people. We also had some outreach events that I want to share with you guys. And so for our outreach, we had our UCP Christmas. we have that? We had UCP. Come on, can we praise God? We also had our Easter egg hunt where 350 people came and we were able to minister to 350 people. We had our Jesus Week children's book that we distributed. Uh, we were able to distribute. We also had our saturate where we were able to knock on 1,964 homes. Can we praise God for that? About 28 people serving four teams over 1,900 homes that we were able to make an impact. It doesn't just stop there. Uh, I'm excited to let you know that our dream team has grown. When we stepped into this location two years ago, we stepped in with 24 people, and praise be the name of God that today we have 45 people part of our dream team. Can we praise God for our team nights that we had this year? Our dream team: 2017, 22, 2018, 33, and 2019. 45 people that are making a difference at Christ Centered House of. Can could we give God some praise in this room we also launched 11 community groups in 2019 we have 60 people in community 40 of them or 45 of them have launched in our e-groups can we anybody who was in the e-group reading the bible 45 people reading the bible come on somebody 60 people in community group a total of 75 graduates of growth track come on come on menace. our heart to give in 2017 we once a year we come together and collect the biggest offering we can collect as a church and we, uh, in 2017 we collected over $1500 2018 we collected $19000 and in 2019 this year we were able to c- collect $22500 through the generosity come on if if you're exc- if that excites you if this is a making a different moment in your life give God some praise in this room make some noise and we were honored by PS74 and the Hope Center as a generous church. And one of the, one of the exciting ones is we had our Matrix graduates. We had a, 16 people graduate Mercy, uh, Matrix. Can we give God some praise? And I got to be honest, my absolute favorite, I'm going to be honest, my absolute favorite is that this year um, we, were, we had our most, our largest amount of people be baptized since we've been at this location, 40, ooh, ooh, come on, you got to make some noise, there's 41 people that went from darkness to life, give God a praise in this room, but, but I want to also share where it started, see, when we moved into this place, can we, can we show that picture where we, when we moved into this location, into this location, this is, this is how we moved. This was the worst day of my life right here. This was the most stressful day of my life. Everything that could have gone wrong went wrong two years ago. I mean, we, it was 1130. We weren't even ready for setup. It was, oh, my goodness. You see these three hairs right here, these gray ones? That was from that day. Everything else, I'm good. But that day right here, three gray hairs. And before we moved. And this is amazing, this is amazing because this was our next step, but the step we had before that, we were rocking step two, we were rocking it at step two, Look look at that location, but it only fit 80 people, and so we outgrew that location. But we were rocking that location. But our next step was step into the unknown and see what God has for us. Why? Because we didn't want to just start well; we wanted to finish well. And you step into this auditorium today, and you could see what God has done at Christ-centered House of Worship. It all started in a small little living room. Look at Reuben with his glasses and his curly hair. And after that, he became an atheist. I love this because this is where it started, but could you imagine if we would have just started well? Could you imagine if we would have been just the kind of church community that, you know, five, six years ago, we would have just started well? Oh, we would have been able to knock it out the park in a house, but we would have never stepped into the fullness of what God has for us. We would have never been able to finish well. And so that's why I share these 2019 moments because it's evidence that this is a church that is about the assignment that God has for this community. And so, uh, this is Paul's heart. I love Paul because he says, he says, um, and I want to read it in two translations. He says, however, I consider my life worth nothing to me. My only aim, somebody shout, my only aim. My only aim is to finish the race and complete the task the Lord Jesus has given me. The New Living Translation puts it this way, but my life is worth nothing to me unless I use it for finishing the work assigned me by the Lord Jesus. Which is to say, I only want to complete my mission. Paul was a man that understood that every man dies, every person exists, but not everyone truly lives. He says, my life, my life is worth nothing. My, 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 my life, there's something, there's something greater than my existence. There's something greater than my needs. There's something greater than my own life. Could you imagine that the greatest thing that you can conceive is your own life? He says, my life is worth nothing to me unless. He goes, my life is worth nothing to me. I don't take my life as my own. In other words, and I want to give you the the first point. He would say it this way. I, I have to surrender my life to my assignment. I gotta surrender. I'm surrendered to my assignment. I'm surrendered to the purpose that God has for me. I I, I have to. I have to make a difference. And, And let me tell you something. Paul had options. It's not like Paul didn't have options. Like sometimes we think like you know Paul didn't have options. Sometimes we see people serving God and we're like, oh yeah, that's what they're left. That's the only thing that they can do. And so that's why they're at the church. No, Paul had options. Let me tell you, Paul was a man of high education. Paul was a man that was a citizen of the Roman government. Paul had options. It's not like Paul ended up in a deadbeat job called being an apostle. That wasn't, his, that, that wasn't the situation. He had options. But here's the truth, that if you're not surrendered to your assignment, you'll always be surrendered to your options and you'll always be surrendered to your circumstances. He says, I'm not going to live my life by default. I'm going to live my life by intention. And I have to understand that there is something greater than myself, and it's called my assignment. I am surrendered to my assignment. In fact, when he's saying my life is worth nothing to me, the Bible says that he calls all the church leaders, the, the, the leaders of Ephesus. And he was in a bit of a rush, which is, which is interesting, because I wouldn't be in a rush to go to prison. But the Bible says that he's going to Jerusalem. And the way he communicated it is hey, I have to go to Jerusalem. I have to go to Jerusalem. And they're like, Paul, no, Paul, chains and prison await you in Jerusalem. And Paul had opportunities and he had options to escape the very thing that he was assigned to because at that very moment it wasn't convenient. And so many times, see, but if you live a life of default, then you, you're looking for opportunity and you're looking for options, but you're not looking to fulfill your assignment. Paul was surrendered to his assignment. Paul says, no, 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 you don't understand." Can you imagine the level of surrender that Paul had that he says, no, my life is worth nothing to me. You don't understand. What is it worth that if I escape the prison, I escape, the, I escape prison and miss out everything that God has for me because I don't want to be inconvenienced. Paul understood this. He says, I'd rather be in prison and complete my assignment freely than be out of prison but still be bound by the failure of my mission. I'd I'd rather be in a risky situation but in the middle of God's will than be in the safest environment but be completely outside of the will of God for my life. I'd rather be in, in a place where there, is, where there is chaos and turmoil, but I know that that's where God wants me, than be in the most cozy and, 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 and safe places, but I know that that's not where God has me. I'd be in a place of comfort and convenience. No, God many times will call us to do something inconvenient to achieve a life that makes a difference. See, Paul did not know that it is in that prison that he was going to write the letters that we read today. See, like for me I would have been like, you know, Savuskey, I'm not going to prison. Right? I'm not going to prison. Lord, I will do anything. everybody, anybody have that? Like I will do anything but that? Me is prison. I'm pretty. gay? You don't blame me. I'm not going to prison. But he was so surrendered to his assignment, he was so submitted to his assignment, he understood that, the, that before he ever existed, his assignment existed in the intention of God for his life. He says, I, I, my life is worth nothing to me. And, and I love here in First Corinthians chapter 9. verse verse 27 he says therefore 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 I do not run like someone running aimlessly I'd rather take a risk and be in God's will than miss my assignment I'd rather be in danger and at the center of God's will than be surrounded by safety I'd rather be in a small home with a used car but be at the center of God's will than have a mansion and be outside of the purpose of God for me I refuse to measure my life using the wrong measuring unit and so many times we're using so many things to uh, uh, create our worth and create our value. And Paul says, no, you're using the wrong measuring unit to measure the value of your life. No one in this room will measure their height using a scale, why? Because it is the wrong measuring unit. And many times we we are trying to measure life with the wrong thing. Paul says the only thing you can measure life, your life by, how much you're worth, what your value is, it's what God created you to be, why? Because before you were created, created your assignment was created in other words there is an assignment with your name on it the way that paul was living like he's like he's talking to the church of ephesus the leaders and he's like listen i gotta go like don't you wish sometimes that you can assign your assignment to someone else i like to do the convenient stuff right like i like to do the convenient stuff lord what you want me to go to hawaii on a mission trip Send me. I'll go. (laughs) Is anybody with me? You know, we're going to Hawaii. Yeah, we're staying in a five-star hotel, but, you know, sacrifices for the kingdom. (laughs) I like to do the convenient, but sometimes your assignment might mean that you can't do the convenient, but you can do the thing that makes a difference, and Paul acted. It's almost when 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 I'm trying to figure out Paul, I'm like, man, Paul, like, you're you're so committed. You're so submitted. You're so surrendered to, to this assignment as if only you can do it. As if only, you're the only one that can complete that mission. I would, I would have given that to Luke. Hey, Luke, you're going to Jerusalem. It's called delegation leadership. <laughs> Reuben, God is calling you to Jerusalem. I'm going to pass that on. To you, Like, you know when you're playing Uno and you're like, pick up four? <laughs> That's what I want to do. I'm like, here, pick up Jerusalem. But he was convinced that he was the one that was assigned to this mission. And he was convinced that even though that what waited him was prison and chains, that he was the only one that was called to do this. And I want to tell you right now that there's an assignment... That has your name on it. And so God created your assignment before he created you. We read that in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10. I love this. It says, we have become his poetry. He recreated people that will fulfill the destiny he has given each of us. For we are joined to Jesus, the anointed one. Even before you were born, God planned in advance our destiny. Even before you were born, God planned your assignment. In other words, God created your assignment and then put your name on it. God created your purpose and then says, Here Marlon, I want you to fulfill that purpose. God created your purpose and then he says, Here you go, Victor, you need to fulfill that pur- purpose. God created your purpose and he goes, That's the purpose. Oh, You know who's going to fulfill that? That's going to be Reuben. Oh, you know who's going to fulfill that? He created your assignment before you. He created your existence. And there's an assignment that has your n- name on it. There's a problem that you're called to solve. There's an there's a, uh, issue that you're called to resolve. There's a crisis that you're called to care for. And there's a race that you can only run. Paul's saying, this is my race. I'm called to run this race and can nobody run this race for me. And oftentimes when we're trying to discover what our race is, we compare our race with someone else and then we seem unsatisfied and unfulfilled. Why? Because we're looking at someone else's race and say, I don't have that. I don't look like him. I can't have that. I can't obtain this. Look what they have. And you're looking at someone else's race and you're missing out on your own. He says, my only aim is to fulfill my assignment. And let me tell you, if you got a church that is on mission, if you got a church that is about their assignment, if you have a church where, where it's not 10% of the people doing 8%, 90% of the work, if you got a church that speaks like Paul says, "Like hey, my life is worth nothing, it doesn't matter if I surrender to options. It doesn't matter if I surrender to circumstances. What matters, what gives me my life worth is that I fulfill the purpose for why I exist. What would it look like in Staten Island if we had an entire church community? 45 dream team members right now out of 120 people. That is roughly about 30 to 40%, somewhere in that ballpark. Imagine if we had 100% of people that lived an Acts 2024 life. My life is worth nothing unless I fulfill the mission that God has for me. And oftentimes, your assignment is found in what brings you frustration. Did you know that? You're over here criticizing? And God is saying, no, I gave you that so that you can care for it. Like, I can't believe they are so disorganized. That's your assignment. And you're over here getting frustrated because many times the burden that you bear is connected to the calling you're supposed to embrace. Thank you Yvette, I'm gonna let everybody else join with you. I said the burden that you bear is connected to the calling that you're called to embrace. Paul had a burden. He had a burden to complete his mission. He had a, he had a burden. He, he would persecute the Christians. And now his burden was transformed into reaching the lost and those that didn't know God and those that needed to come closer to him, those that needed a relationship with him. And so what did he do? He surrendered his, his, himself to his assignment. And Christ sent you, can I tell you, greater than the privilege of being a husband, greater than the honor of being a father is the absolute opportunity I have to fulfill my purpose. There is no greater feeling. I saw both my kids being born and it's amazing but nothing is greater than fulfilling the reason for which Christ placed you on this planet. If you believe that in this place, give God a praise. Second thing, second thing, second thing. As the worship team comes up, as the worship team comes up, uh, uh, second thing right here. Um, share the message. Share the message I've been given. Paul says, my life is worth nothing to me unless I fulfill my assignment, the assignment of of the task of testifying of the good news of God's grace. The task of, of testifying of the good news of God's grace and Share the message I've been given. If I'm going to make a difference, I have to surrender myself to my assignment. But, but if I'm going to make a difference then I need to, I need to share the message I've been given. Here's the truth. You've been given an assignment, but you've also been given a message. Collectively, we've all been given a general message, and that's called the gospel. Each and one of us have been given the gospel message, the message of God's grace upon humanity. That is the general message. But here's the truth. Each and every one of you have a story to share You know what the Bible says? The Bible says that the devil is defeated by the blood of the lamb, that's the general message, and by the word of your testimony. In other words, this is how the enemy is defeated, by what God has done for you, but also what God is doing through you. And so each and every one of us have a message unique to us, and I think about that because so many times we... We shortchange our story because it doesn't seem significant enough. Like I'm, I'm like, you know, you, you hear somebody that God just did such amazing work in their life, and you're just like, man, my testimony's not that hard. Like, yo, honestly, God, I was, I loved, you know, testimony night back in the day, growing up, up in church, test, yo, God, I, yo, I killed like three people. And, um, you know what I'm saying? Like, I just, God saved me. I was a drug addict and now God saved me. I'm like, um, um, yeah, I, you know, I was, I, I was walking down the street and I found a dollar. <laughs> and you just can't compare your testimony with someone. But let me tell you something. There's something so powerful about the story, the unique story that God has given you. The unique story that God has given me is created so that I can help those that God has assigned to me. See, Paul understood that he, was not, he not only had an assignment, but he also had a people that he was assigned to. He would call himself the apostle of the Gentiles, and he would call Peter the apostle of the Jews. He understood that there was some bait that he, he could throw to catch some fish that only he could catch. He understood that very well, and so sometimes you need to just share your story. Like, I, I'm, I, I think about my own childhood, like, man, I'm, I'm like... I'm like, man, I, I've never shared with someone that I, I almost died as a kid. I never shared that with anybody. But that's something that God has d- did in my life. I, I remember my mother could, is a witness here. I swallowed a screw. How old was I, Mom? You're messing up my message. <laughs> how old did I Oh, I was four years old, and I swallowed a screw. And I passed out and I was I was done. That was it. Called the ambulance. And I remember my, you know, it's it's crazy, it's it's a radical approach, but it is God's story. And, you know, I always put stuff in my mouth to this day. I'm like always chewing on a toothpick or something. And, And I decided to swallow a screw. And I passed out and I was unconscious. And my mother was crying and she was calling upon the name of God. That's just my story. I know that's not everybody's story. Your story is different. Lisa's story is different. Like, I hear Lisa's story and I'm like, I'm at the edge of my seat every single time. She tells her testimony and I'm like the edge of my seat. I've heard it like 11 times. But my story is different. And guess what happened? My father took a bottle of anointed oil, stuffed it in my mouth, and that anointed oil somehow brought up the screw, I spit the screw out, I came back into consciousness, and I'm here today. That's my story. Lisa, Lisa, Lisa has her story of abuse and and what and she, some of you have heard it, but she would tell it like this is my story. And sometimes we just need to tell our story and it doesn't need to be this epic, huge testimony, but it could be something as simple like, yo, I didn't have money for groceries this week and someone came by and they handed me $50 and I, and I, I got this amazing now compra that I just made at, at home and, and God is my supplier. But That's your story. Maybe someone needs to hear that story this week. And sometimes the greatest way we can make a difference is trapped in our lips. And it's never released because we don't think it's significant enough. And sometimes it's just that God kept you through, through an issue. Like I went through this breakup. And God didn't restore it. But he kept me through it. You need to share that story. I should have been insane, I should have been crazy I should have been somewhere hooked up on drugs But God kept me every single step of the way My brother was a Land King member He should have been dead, he should have been buried But he's here today, can someone praise God Because there's a story that he's given us There's a story that he's given us Rodney is here Rodney was in a horrific car accident He should have been dead, but he's here We got a story here Last one, last one. Write this down. Write this down. Share the message I've been given in number. Serve people in some way. If Paul was right here, he would tell you, he's just like, You just gotta learn how to serve people in some way. I gotta, I gotta surrender myself to my assignment. I have to surrender myself to my assignment. There is nothing greater than fulfilling my purpose. There's nothing greater than making a difference. There's nothing greater than that. If I'm gonna make a difference, I have to share the message that God has given me. He's given you a unique message. And lastly, I have to serve in some way. Serve in some way. Just like I don't know how, I don't know where, I don't know when. And God is telling you today, hey, would you just start serving in some way? Ephesians chapter 2. It says, in long ages ago, he planned that we should spend I love, this, um, I love this language of, of value. Because oftentimes we spend what we value, right? We spend money. We value money. Money is worthy, is worth. But he says, spend, use up my life. What? For helping others. And I know sometimes you hear me preach and you're like, Pastor it's like it seems like every week you're talking about helping others. like what else is there to preach what else is there to preach Am I going to continue to live my life to see how much I can increase, how much I can gain, how much I can add to value to myself, how much I can uh, uh, intake, intake, how much, how, how much I could be a a a, a person that just just to con- continues to live for my my needs and my selfish ambitions and and the things that I want? I'm going to tell you right now. You want to follow that recipe? I want to be honest. I lovingly, with a smile on my face, I tell you that is a recipe for misery. Matter of fact. Secular sociologists have said that the, the greatest feeling when you go to sleep at night, the greatest feeling at one time, secular sociologists would say that it was, it was to feel like you've won, feel like you've accomplished something. But they've also realized that there's so many people that are empty even after winning. But the greatest feeling, what puts you at peace and at rest, where you lay down your head and you're at peace is, is this. Is knowing that you made a difference in someone else's life. I promise you, hear me, hear, hear me, kuha, that everything that I'm sharing with you, in not the slightest way, is it for my benefit. Is Christ uncensored good right now? We're good. We got 45 dream team members. We're good. We, we, we set this up in about 45 minutes to an hour. We're good. We could be good for the next 20 years. But God didn't just call us to be good. So yeah, you making a difference, we'll be able to do more. But that's not the reason I'm telling you that. I'm telling you, I promise you, I lie to you not, that this is for your good. This is so that you can experience the greatest joy you can ever experience. As a matter of fact, the last, the verse, uh, John, verse John chapter 15, I believe. Look what it says. This is my true disciples produce bountiful f- harvest. In other words, my true disciples, they're making a difference. They're producing good fruit. They're going out there and getting it. They're, they're, they're making a difference in someone else's life. That's what good fruit is. Look what it says. This This brings glory to God. So yeah, God loves it, but look what it says. I have told you this so that you will be filled with my joy. And yes, my cup, your cup of joy will overflow. Your cup of joy. Let me tell you, you start making a difference in someone else's life. If, if you feel like in any way it's self-serving for this church community I want to give you permission just go out there and serve somewhere get part of your your local um, your, your local food pantry and serve get volunteer go to your hospital and volunteer yourself so make a difference in someone's life that has no way shape or form be able to benefit you in any way other than the satisfaction of serving other than the fact of fact that you're making a difference in someone else's life go out there and change this world serve in some capacity. You might not get noticed, it it might not be publicized in a newspaper, but God sees it and it brings him much glory. But when you go to sleep at night, you will feel the joy of God that surpasses all understanding. Know God, find freedom, discover your purpose, and make a difference. Know God, find freedom. Discover your purpose and make a difference. Now hear me. Go to Timothy, 2 Timothy, look with Paul. Paul, (sighs) I love the language of Paul. He says, my life is coming to an end. This is one of the last letters he wrote. Possibly, it's not confirmed, but possibly in that prison that he went to when he said, my life is worth nothing. Picture this. He says, I'm going to prison. And it's possible that he wrote this letter there. He wrote the book of Philippians there and the book of uh, Colossians there. He wrote a couple of, but it's possible that he wrote this towards the end of his life. He was in house arrest at this point. Maybe out of prison, but still in house arrest by the Roman government, with the Roman guard. He says, my life is coming to an end. And he's talking to his spiritual son, Timothy. One of the most intimate letters you could ever read is the book of Timothy, the two letters of Timothy, one and two. And he says, my life is coming to an end. And it is now time for me to be poured out as a sacrifice to God. Look at this. I have fought the good fight. I have completed the race. I have fought the good fight. Look at it, look at it. I have completed the race. I finished. I didn't just start well. I finished. I didn't just get things started fast. I finished strong. He goes, why? My life was poured out like a sacrifice. I gave my life for the help of others. But I, but, but, Pastor Ro, I want to get this done and I want to do this. And I'm like, okay, I get it. Ambition is good. But we weren't called to just live for ourselves. God is calling you to be poured out to make an impact in someone else. And so I don't want you to leave here and be like, yes i'm going to make a difference where i don't know but i'm gonna i want to give you some action steps i just want to give you a couple of steps is that all right can i give you some extra steps as we finish here number one here's how we help people know god i don't know if you could see it i can see it from here what's your step to know god maybe you're in this place and you know god so what's your action step can i encourage you to get baptized And so april 19th we'll have i believe the big the largest baptism in the history of christ uncensored this is the week after easter we're gonna party on easter and we're gonna party the week after easter because it's gonna be the largest baptism we ever have in the history of our church can i encourage you that if you want to know god get baptized number two pastor i need I feel like I know God, but I know that there's some things that I need to settle in my life. Can I encourage you to find freedom? How, Pastor Road? Take the next step. The next step is join a community group. Join a community group. I wish Sunday was enough. How many are saved on Sunday, but by Monday you're not even sure anymore? I wish Sunday was enough, but I need to be in community. Your pastor, your pastor is in community. I meet with my group every other week. I'm meeting with them because I need them. Number three. So, oh, so for if you want to join a community group, attend the training on Tuesday. January 7th is a training. And maybe you're like, well, I don't I can't lead it, but I can host it. Hey, we'll find a leader to, to connect with you. And, I want you to go to community.kuha.com. Just go to community.kuha.com and say, I want to join. I want to be part of a community group in some way. We will will iron everything else out for you. I just want to know that you want to be in community. I can't take this step for you. I can't run this race for you. Lisa can't run this race for you. Drew, as good-looking as he is, he cannot run this race for you. How do I discover my purpose? Here's your action step, attend growth track attend growth track January 5th is growth track 101 Sunday might not be enough Sunday's good let me tell you I'm so glad we're here on a Sunday and we're knocking it out the park but just give me four weeks give me four weeks hear me hear me Kuhao. just give me four weeks and I promise you that you will discover the purpose for which Christ has rescued you you will discover your God redeemed purpose Number four, what's your action step if you want to make a difference? We give you opportunities here at Kuhau for you to fulfill your purpose. And maybe it's not at Kuhau. Maybe, maybe you feel like God can you let me tell you, you walk you walk out of growth track, you're ready to you're ready to fulfill your purpose anywhere you go. Can we bow our heads for a moment? Let's get up on our feet, close our eyes, bow our heads. We hope you enjoyed this podcast. Our mission here at Christ Uncensored House of Worship is to love God love people, and love life. Kuhau is a place where our story is still being written. Together, we can do more than we can ever do alone. If this message has encouraged you and you wish to partner with us in taking this message all across the world, go to kuhau.com give or follow us on any social media platform. Thank you in advance for your support and generosity. Come and begin a whole new journey with us.